Hello, hello, and welcome to episode four of our little mini-series. I think we're saying series four of this uh, wonderful Dog Days episode. This originally began as a conversation around masculinity, and it ended up being much more about authenticity. And these are just words that I'm saying in your little ears whilst I'm explaining this episode. But essentially, what began as a conversation about blokes and, and how to be a better, better man, we sort of ended up talking about how to be a better human. And, and that really as Josh summarizes, uh, is by listening to yourself and your feelings. So this is for everybody. It's not just for, for men, it's for women as well. Uh, it definitely starts with a very manly manly beginning and it, and it ends with more of a humanly ending. So I hope you enjoy. Jack, Josh and Ollie, back in your ears. This is The Dog Days with Ollie Scott, Junior Eldstar and Ian McKenzie. I'm a big man with biceps and I'm really, really strong. I do things like lift weights, I go to the gym, I beat people up, I'm really angry. Uh, uh, feelings, oh, no thank you, you haven't got those. I just, Nuts Magazine, Carlsberg beer, football, it's coming home, get the fuck out of my pub. Hello and welcome <laughs> to the Dog Days. Uh, we are series three, episode four of our mini-series and I'm excited to be here with two legends, the JJ Show, Old J, Jack Simpson and Josh Connolly. Uh, two men, three men in a room, can you believe it? And we're here to talk about masculinity you mugs right <laughs> and not in the traditional sense because as we know there is a movement it is happening or it happened cast our minds back to meeting mark sanford ian and i sat in this room we forgot to bring the podcast key and we spoke to a guy about toxic masculinity before we dive into where that comes from what that means that aggressive term about men there's a lot that's happened culturally in the world recently from Bloke stuff adds around toxic masculinity to the sad things like Sarah Everard and bringing up things like, you know, how do women feel in, in, in public domain and, and what can men do to make that better? Before we go into that, Jack, I'm going to kick things off very quickly. I'm going to ask you to define and explain and describe a man, a manly man. A manly man. Okay, hi guys. Season three, episode four, we're back. Um, a manly man to me. I mean, it's a difficult one because today I'm sat with Oliver Scott wearing a full-bound lycra outfit. <laughs> and then we've got the lovely Josh Connolly to the side of me as well um, with some fantastic tattoos, a, a, a brilliant top knot, and he's sat there looking very... It's a man bun, not a top knot. A oh, man bun. Okay. <laughs> So I'm a little bit confused this morning, but right. to me, I mean, the, the typical view of a man would be, you know, sort of a hairy body, quite well built, um, you know, held, holds himself quite well. Um, not always something that I I conjure up to, to being, actually. I, I'm quite feminine in, in some respects, but if you are to look at a typical man, it would be good body. You know, um, he, he, he holds himself well. He, 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 he holds good conversation with people and, and, yeah. and he looks the part. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, so yeah. He's a conversationalist. Yeah. And he's, so you don't go to the traditional place of like, ah, oh, he's never talking about his feelings and he's always like, you know, he's a certain authority in the room. You're kind of yeah. going, he's a good man. Yeah, so he's like a... he he leads the way in terms of his decisions. Okay. He he, it's almost like that old, you know, that caveman kind of type of thing mind. where he's he's holding his 
his bird by by her hair and he's dragging her along. That that is that is old school like a man. Right? Oh, sorry. He's holding his bird by the hair yeah. and dragging her <laughs> did along. Did you never watch Fred Flintstone and the Flintstones and I don't remember it being like abuse. Do you remember that? I don't remember the misogynistic okay. version. No. No, I don't think it's... Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be shunned for my comments today. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But okay, fine. So that the yeah. reason I ask you that question is I think um Masculinity's moved mm. on is, is what I want to kind of quickly say in this in this podcast that mm. we know that there's this old school bloke. Women in their forties can relate to them, right? But you know, it's funny. I I, I used to I speak to my old PA um, Danielle, and she would say there is this big difference between men that are right now maybe late thirties, early forties, and men that are late twenties, early thirties, mm. like a paradigm shift of man. Because if you think about bloke that's 39 or 40 now, he still grew up with, I don't know, Phil Mitchell and Grant Mitchell on EastEnders knocking about and fucking uh, Johnny Vegas on John Smith ads mm, or, yeah. or, or or more, you know, holding more authority and less jokey. The kind of people in media that you would look up to as a bloke and you'd be like, you know, there's all this uh, music and stuff and even like James Bond and shit where you have men that are kind of, painting the way to ignore their feelings and having sex with lots of women and just being hard ass, not really speaking about all the sad stuff that goes on in their life. Whereas if you look at, I, th- I would say, guys, in our generation now, I-, I think the shift has happened. I think it's fair to say that, for, from what I can see, pe- we're a lot more open to speaking about our feelings. We don't mind embodying feminine qualities. Uh, men are being more open to the idea of being vulnerable. But I don't think we're fully there yet. Josh Connolly, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Now, you're a man that deals with a lot of men. Um, I've referred men to you, uh, perhaps going through mental health struggles, going through even identity struggles, job struggles, whatever it is. I've referred a lot of friends to you and, you, and you've spoken to them and, and shown them the way. What are you finding? What's a man looking like today? What do they look like today? Mm. Apart from the man in Lycra that's sitting opposite mm. you right now. <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's, it's hard because um, I think in that space, when you're talking to somebody about the ways that they're feeling, I don't really look at them through the veil of, a, of being a man. You look at them as being... Human being. A human being mm. and the product of their experiences, right? So without sort of taking it, sort of going in really deep straight away, um, I think it's very... When we when we start trying to define even what masculine and feminine qualities are, mm. I think as soon as you start creating labels like that, um, for me it becomes restricting. So I, I I know people can find a lot of value in making sense of who they are by grouping certain characteristics or personality traits or whatever uh, under the kind of um, the veil of 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 being either masculine and feminine. Mm. Um, but but I think when you like really start to challenge it, um, I think w- grouping it start it makes it problematic. How do you find the movement? Okay, this is quite a. There's an unpopular question I'm going to ask you. It's going to be hard. I'm going to, it's a really hard one to answer. People that are saying now, uh, and we have to be aware of this. People that are saying my child can grow up without a being gender neutral. Mm-hmm. how do you find this as a because okay I've seen some really interesting things recently where um, someone that I've known for a long time has suddenly turned out and said that they 
are no longer a man mm. and they're not a female either. They are neither. Like mm-hmm. Sam Smith vibes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but before had a really masculine name. I'm not going to say what uh, his name was or their name was. Um, but it was a real, it really, it shocked me because mm-hmm. they were, were a very manly man. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly flipped and, and it was they and them. And, you know, do you think it's helpful to start when they're young and say, you've not got to choose which one you are? Is that confusing? What's happening? Talk to me. Mm. Well, look, I think if, if you use the example that you've just given, the first thing that I thought is if they've came out and, 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 and now they're not this manly man, is how long have they had to live under the guise of becoming a manly man because they're so frightened of who they really are and what the... Not then, they're frightened of what the perception of the world would be of who they really are. Mm. So, like, I think when it comes to children, we should, we should support children into being whatever the hell they show up as and want to be, right? And we should support that um, so that they get to be who they really are and mm. support them in through to adulthood, um, not feeling like they need to hide who they are or that they don't measure up or that they don't fit into a society. Now, when you start to bring it back to the first point of your question, which is the whole, um, like, do you start medicating and all that sort of stuff? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I don't have enough experience in that side yeah. of things to start going in whether no. what I think's right or wrong there. But 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 what I would always say is, if a child comes to me and says, and I've never had this experience, but if one of my children came to me, I've got a three-year-old and a four-year-old. Mm. If my four-year-old came to me and said, "I don't think I'm a girl, I'm a boy," mm. I'd be. I'd say, all right. Let me support you in that. Then let's mm. explore that. Yeah, uh, I don't think I would be too keen. I'll just this is my personal. And again, I've never been through it. So I don't know. I don't think I would be too keen to start um, supporting any kind of physical change at, mm. at, at that age. But I would certainly support them in showing up to the world in in in, in who they really are. Yeah, and how, exactly how they feel. But I don't think you'd start buying them, going out of your way to the Disney shop and buying them dresses and makeup. Uh, Serious no, question. No, I would. I would. Yeah. If, if, okay. If, I mean, mind, mind the girls, if they wanted to start dressing, mm. if they specifically wanted to start dressing as... See, this is the thing. But I'm start saying dressing. if they're a boy, if it, if, it was, if it was a boy, if you're... If, if you had no, a... yeah, I'd let them wear a dress, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, because, um, because that's where I think it becomes problematic. That side of stuff, mm. so take away the, the physical sort of changes and all that kind of stuff... Um, the dress thing's a social construct, isn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. The fact that girls are supposed to wear dresses and boys aren't, that, that you know, you can't trace that back to cavemen and do all that stuff that people like to do, mm. right? You can't go, you know, it's always been that girls, because it, it weren't. They mm. never had mm. fashion in that sense anyway. So that that stuff for me is a is a kind of social construct. So, so but that's kind of external stuff. I think it's about feelings and that. And this is why I think it's really it can be really problematic when we start labeling stuff because if you list so-called feminine and masculine traits, mm. I'm feminine as they come. Okay. And then, and then, but I know, and I recognize I've got, I get covered in tattoos and mm. wanted to grow a beard as quickly as I could. And I want people to look, I want to look like a man. Right. Mm. And I, I genuinely believe that that's because I've grown up in a world that tells me my true self of who I really am is not desirable and it's not what the world wants to see. Not that I would 
wear dresses or anything like that, <laughs> right? But it, it, in the eyes of society, I just, uh, you and I'm just picturing you in a dress yeah, with the tattooed legs out. And it's for some amazing. Reason his voice is high. It's like yeah, you, like Mr. Yeah, Alpha. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a slow Glaswegian twang. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then, by the way, when you start digging that further and, and, and those social constructs, because, by the way, my wife is hugely masculine in the eyes of those kind of characters. She's mm. very strong. She's the one who looks after the family, mm. makes sure that we're all all right, you know, mm. and I'm the sort of quivering mess, right? <laughs> right. Wow. But I, really? Is that the dynamic? Oh, oh without question. Without I can't question. see that, but yeah, okay. Yeah, no, without question. Let's yeah. just, think, I want to think, uh, sure. stay on here for a minute. Define... To me, because I want to hear this through the feminine guys, define to me what masculine traits are in a female. So how is she embodying yes. masculine traits? What are they? Well, um, I personally, I wouldn't call them masculine traits, mm, right? Okay. So Because I don't, I don't use the whole masculine and feminist. I know lots of people that use that kind of energy and naming, naming them all that, and, and it's really useful. I don't. I just think she's my wife. She's Leah. Yeah. She's strong. She's yeah. like um, uh, very assertive. Yeah. yeah, she's like very good and clear with her boundaries. Uh, these are all kind of all things that people would say are masculine traits. But if you met my wife, you wouldn't think she was. Why do we think I they're wouldn't, masculine? Would I you... wouldn't say they're masculine. I say they're more like have, being a headstrong human being and knowing what she wants, kind so of then, thing. Yeah, you know, I, and I but taking it back to the old school of men being the headstrong person yeah. in the partnership and they make the decisions and they make shit happen, kind of thing. Yeah. But the world's changed on its head in a sense and women are becoming much more free to live and do things and be the power person in the couple yeah. you know yeah. and so Which who decided totally... that uh, the original stuff who did decide it well exactly yeah it's i who guess did... adam and eve flowing <laughs> 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 around being like no yeah i'm the man now. But, yeah but that's get what your I mean. leaf on your on your vagina and your and your dick the little leaf and don't tell me what to do don't tell me what to do i'm the one that makes decisions here but this is and yeah. that's it that, but that's the thing a lot of it Mm. A lot of it can be traced back to to power, mm. yeah, right, and 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 so men kind of uh, taking control and keeping hold of the power. So you create these. I think that they're social constructs. In one degree, they're social constructs, but in the other degree, you know, like we we started off this little season by talking about IFS, mm. right? Mm. Internal family systems. Internal family systems and yep. the different parts of ourselves. Now, when when you're trying to make sense of them. Yeah, you may group them into two things and be mm. like one feels very manly and mm. the other one feels a little bit more kind mm. of girly, right? And so you get masculine and feminine energies. Mm. So I get that. But 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 um my wife is not masculine. Right. What about sorry, but what about sex? Because when you're having sex, mm. I, I would say I've got a feminine side to me. Jack says when he sits down, he feels like he's a feminine person because he's... Well, yeah, I, 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 there's two ways for a man to cross his legs. It's one with the ankle to the knee yeah. or the underside of the left knee to the right knee. And, that's and, quite and I quite like to just swing it over to the side. Sometimes I put my hands like this. Right. And then I sort of stop myself because... Okay. But but why why do I have to do that? It's just the way that I feel comfortable. But then other people, occasionally I might sort of... If I'm around certain groups of people, I might just swing it back up. Oh, like really? This. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's exactly ridiculous. What you're saying. And you say, why should I have to do that? Well, you have to do that because everyone's telling you that it's feminine. Exactly. But it ain't feminine. Yeah, it's like, not. What's fe- like, what's yeah. womanly about it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It I doesn't... Don't... I think when you challenge it all properly... Yeah. For me, I just think, so who says that? Mm. We go, yeah, but this is, you know, that's kind of strong, so that's quite masculine, isn't it? Like, mm. like 
Where did that come from? Me, and, but I, I mean, but with like sex as well, because you're in a in, in a sexual uh, when it's all hard and sweaty in the room. Yeah, you don't want to. You're not the, the bloke. Isn't like, oh my god, like, <laughs> I'm not suddenly. Oh, maybe that's poor, but I, yeah, I'm. As a man, you do like you're like big. You're you're so Neanderthalic. Oh, babe. you're like you're like a bloke, like a manly. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> as, I think that's as prime primal as I can get it in my yeah. head to think. Right, okay, as basic as we are, man and woman. What mm. is uh, behaviorally? What we what do we do differently in those in those? And the question I have to ask is: Does the woman uh, traditionally go into a submissive state? Because of the construct of society mm. in us saying that feminine are weak, or females are weaker, and men are more domineering, is, is that played out to us sexually because of social construct, or is that natural that the male is dominator, domineering, and the female is the submissive? I don't. I mean, I don't know the answer. Ooh, I don't. Ooh, I, don't, I, don't I don't. I don't know the answer. Uh, but my opinion on it would be that that is more of a physical thing, right? Okay. It feels it to me. Mm. That feels a bit more. I don't know if you looked at biological science of. I don't know. It feels more like that to me. But yeah. I don't know the answer. I, I, that's my opinion. I don't mm. think that's necessarily social construct stuff. I think it's a confidence thing as well. Obviously, when you are, have, you know, you're having sex with a girl. Generally speaking, missionaries the the first sort of position. We're not okay. going into an entire sex chat right now. But I think when you lead, lead I'd love to, though, to be honest with you. You start, you we, start sex in a very feminine yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but like, I think if you bring confidence to the girl in, in the bedroom mm. and allow her to sort of ride you, be on top, okay. or, or yeah. in those any, any, any scenarios that are slightly different, there will be a slight change. In the, oh, in the, in the I mean? dynamic, they'll be on top riding you, yeah, and, and you're the, the girl. But wow. then, but then, what about you know? We're, we're having this conversation Weird analogy, about a, how about a male it, and a female. Yeah. But mm. what happens when it's two males or two females? Yeah, that's very true. So then, what would Who be the, what, the what, yeah. and what yeah. what is the kind of biological science behind that? Should we mm. teach children about sex? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Thirteen? No, younger. Really, younger. Why, okay, firstly, why What goes? Why should we teach children about sex? Well, because they're seeing it on the, the, yeah. eight, eight or nine-year-olds. Right. Yeah. Probably boys are watching mm. porn, aren't they? Yeah. WhatsApp groups, likely there's WhatsApp groups happening. How with... old were you when you first ever saw, a, a, I don't know, a, a porno picture? I was at Alex Summary's in oh, his mother's dad's house. He went under his uh, bed, pulled out of a magazine, and he said, have you got a stiffy? And I, 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 yeah, yeah. How old were you? <laughs> I think I was actually quite late. I think I was 11 or 12. 11 or 12. So in today's world, yeah. when most nine-year-olds have got phones, mm. yeah. so even if you're a good parent and you stop them getting porn on their phone, mm. they're yeah. probably seeing it on another kid's phone. So unless mm. we start telling them that sex really ain't like that porno that you're watching yeah. online, mm. then they're going to they're gonna yeah, have a yeah. terrible yeah. view of the way in which we're supposed to treat one mm. another, particularly how a man treats a woman. So How does it play if, out then? Talk to me through, like, Jamie, nine years old, mm. looks at his mate's phone, sees a girl yeah. having sex with, an, like, with a guy in an aggressive fashion. What happens to Jamie? Well, Jamie grows up thinking that that's what sex is like. Yeah. Cause, and it ain't like that, is it? No. You know, not, not most of the time. It's imprint, so, imprinted from an early age, uh, but well, in, a, in, a hot, in a toxic way, you could call it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it's like everything else. It gets pushed under the carpet. Yeah. And then, and then boys grow up thinking that, like, you know... 
it, there's some kind of shame evolved in around around all of it, and then they think that when you have sex with a woman, it's all about what you see on a on a porno. And until somebody tells them any different, and the problem is for particularly young boys, we tend to learn about sex from your other mates at school. I mean, I remember talking about masturbating before I was doing it because I because all the other lads were talking about it, so I learned how to talk about it because I yeah. weren't there yet. I yeah. wasn't, you know, so I wanted to yeah. fit in, and then. You start seeing a bit of porn, so then all the other lads are talking about sex and how it's done like yeah. it's in the porno, so then you think that's what it's like, mm. and that all the blokes are doing the same down the pub. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're talking <laughs> about it like that, and then it's not until you start in engaging in sex that you realise that it's nothing like that. Yeah, no. But you don't go down the pub and then go, it's nothing like you lot said it is. <laughs> yeah. You go down and go, yeah, I was smashing her last night. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. that's what you do to fit in. So unless we teach young people, mm. they're going to teach themselves. Yeah, and it's not just sex, is it? Because it's like, I, I was going to say, the question I wanted to ask was, how would you bring up a, what do you say to a boy now, 2021, you know, he's four or five years old, he's starting to like work out who he is and all that sort of stuff. Mm. What what path do we take differently to that young boy? So I guess the, the path that people in our generations were given, what's different nowadays? We're moving away from sex Predominantly in this part. I mean, I wouldn't talk to a four or five year old about sex. No, no. But but no, you're not. not they not wouldn't really sex. understand. I mean, like, mm. not just sex. I mean, like their emotion, everything. What was going wrong, and what what has changed, and what will carry on going changing. I think we talked a little bit about some of this stuff on the, um, one of the other podcasts that we've just recently done, uh, and we need to get people to comprehend who they are when they experience their emotions. Yeah. Because what happens particularly for a lot of young boys is they grow up believing that, you know, to be brave is to not feel your emotions, when actually the opposite is true. To be brave is... Did, you, did anybody watch the Ian Wright documentary yesterday? No. No. So he's no. talking about he grew up in a home with a lot of domestic violence, right? Okay, yeah. So the, the whole documentary really moving, right? And the whole documentary was him being upset, talking about what he experienced and being very honest about it. That, that's brave to me, right? Mm. So that's what we need to start teaching young boys and girls. But, you know, the girls on the flip side, an assertive young girl still is still very quickly called bossy when she's at school. Mm. And that's a problem, and that's to do with the social constructs and that. I don't know if we talked about this recently as well, but the, I, I remember a, a well-known supermarket at Halloween was selling skeleton costumes. Yeah. Did we talk about this? No, didn't no. So the boy skeleton costume was just a black costume with a skeleton on it. Yeah. Okay. Right, and the girl's costume was a black costume with a pink skeleton on it and a heart. Okay. Right. So, like these like subtle messages yeah. that we're giving is that boys are just cold and don't have a yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah. And the girls, well, what yeah. makes this one a girl's one is we'll put a heart on it's it. It's attractive to them. Yeah, the yeah, little so, pink heart. So we're teaching these kids that boys are like you. you good strong boy is emotionless mm, and. Mm. and, and what we say deals with his emotions, mm. so it doesn't show any emotion. And then we yeah. worry, we wonder why we've got so many like angry mm. young boys because there's no one yeah. them how to be. It's these subtle everyday hints, for example, in supermarkets like that, that will like breed, breed a child into thinking that's the norm. That's yeah, the exactly. Yeah, that's the. I guess that's the. This is you know we, we've spoken about young, you know, young kids growing into becoming good men. I, I think I'm trying to ask for a, for a hack in in parenting before I become one to be like yeah. what do you, what you know as as this thing is developing what do you not do that's going to be hard mm. like even with yourself like you have 
four kids, five kids, six, six. Quite yeah. every time there's another one. <laughs> but what 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 have you found yourself having to catch yourself doing differently now, bringing this child up that you go, oh god, I shouldn't do that because that's. Look, kids will know who you are. They're biologically mm. wired to have to know who you are because mm. they need right. to attach to you, right? The main, the, the biggest responsibility that anyone has as a parent is not that I've grown up to be a man and now I need to teach my kids how to do it. It's just how much my kids have all abandoned themselves in order to be able to attach to me. And my child knows, my children know exactly who I am. Right, right, because yeah. they're intuitive. They're highly intuitive. They have to be, mm. it's biological. That's how they attach to us. If they sense that I'm not showing up as the man that I am, then I will teach them that the way that you make it into the world is by not being yourself. Mm, and so yeah. every time I hide parts of myself, they will mm. notice that, that, that I'm hiding it and they'll hide the same part of themselves. Yeah. So, so, so they will abandon and distort their own person mm. and their own values because I'm doing it. So the best thing that you can do as a parent is work on yourself, on becoming the human being that you're supposed to be. And that's why I don't like, I, I don't think gender necessarily even has to come into that conversation. Yeah. It's, it's be connected with yourself and your body. Like authenticity at its core is understanding what I'm feeling, knowing what I need as a result of what I'm feeling, and then being able to communicate that need within my relationships and my activities. I want to stay on authenticity. Yeah. I'm going to move on from masculinity personally because I'm kind of like, I'm bored of masculinity. I've actually spoken about it so much. I want to stay on authenticity for a moment here. Rewind that a little bit because it's a good point. And, but I think we sometimes dive straight in and go, I can imagine if I was a listener, I'd be like, what did he just say? Yeah. What is authenticity? Explain it to me. So authenticity, people often talk about be your most authentic self, be your whole self, right? Mm. We talked about internal family systems already, right? So yeah. we, st we need to start recognizing that it's not just as simple as like one. picking one of them and then being that, right? We're a whole, you know, there's lots of different parts of ourselves. But authenticity at its core is understanding what I'm feeling. And I'll pick this, I'll, I'll break this down for you in a second. Understand what I'm feeling, knowing what I need as a result of what I'm feeling. Knowing what I need as a result of what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then being able to communicate that need within my relationships and my activities, so in my daily life. Right. So let's take the first one, understanding what I'm feeling. Yeah. Right? So, so we need to come back to our bodies and go, if I say to you, what am I feeling? What nearly everybody does is rationalize. Think of a bad time when something's happened to you. If I say, how do you feel? You won't tell me how you feel. You'll rationalize mm. it. Yeah, that's true. Do, do you understand what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So, so you need to get back to your feelings. So I say, no, 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 no. What you're telling me is how you reacted to how you were feeling. How did you feel? And you go back to your body and you go, okay, heaviness on my shoulders. Mm. So it's a physical description. Mm. Tightness in my chest. Right. Emotion. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is why it's the disservice to call things mental health. Right. Because mm. health means, health comes from the word meaning whole anyway. Yeah. So to say mental health mm -hmm. doesn't make sense because you're breaking down mm. the word whole, right? So, so we have to come back physically. What am I feeling, right? Okay, there's a tightness in my chest and a heaviness on my shoulders. There's a feeling in my heart. I don't know, a, pit, a feeling in the pit of my stomach, right? So now I, I understand what I'm feeling. Yeah. The next tricky bit that we're not very good at is knowing what I need as a result of what I'm feeling. Mm. Right. Because what we do is tricky feeling, let me grab my phone. Tricky feeling, I'm going to yeah. do a whole tub of ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Tri right? <clears throat> we, we reach for something. Rather than getting curious, knowing what I'm feeling, sure. why, why do I feel jealous? Mm. I feel ungrateful. Why do I feel ungrateful? Spirituality will teach you, yeah, these mm. people that like to spiritual bypass, they will teach you when you feel ungrateful, write a gratitude list. So you're just suppressing that gratitude, uh, that ungratefulness, and you're not listening to what your body's telling you. Okay, I'm feeling ungrateful. Why do I feel ungrateful? Okay, I'm feeling ungrateful because somebody I love has crossed my boundaries. Mm. Okay, this has been really in, a really important part 
that I've learned from this so-called negative emotion that's simply a signal. So now... What do you do? I know, know what I need as a result. What it's do you need one. as a result? His, well, now I need to be able to communicate it with mm. my relationships and my activity, and that's where most people yeah. fall down. Yeah, so yeah. you can do the first two very simple steps yeah. that most people don't do, but if you do, then you get you get past them. Yeah. So, so I'll bring it back to my wife, who I said very very good, assertive, very clear with her boundaries. If I do something that makes my wife feel uncomfortable, she's very good at... She says, Josh, don't do that. <laughs> right? And we get to have a conversation about it, right? Yeah. She normally wins. Yeah. Right? And, then, and, then, and then I'll change. Right? Yeah. But, but, but if my wife does something that makes me feel uncomfortable, I don't say anything. Really? Because and I, you speak, because I, because you speak and preach about all of this and, and, and this is your job, but however yourself, you, you don't find the need to do I, it. I've got a lot of knowledge of self, not much self-knowledge. Right, okay. So, so because nobody's, <laughs> yeah, got, yeah, nobody's yeah. got their stuff together. No, of course they I'm, don't. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, but I'm not I mean. pick, picking no, you yeah, out. No, I'm just finding it interesting. I like yeah, it. It's, but it's, it is. It is a really good point, right? I, just because I'm good at talking about this stuff, yeah, yeah. doesn't yeah. mean that I, I play it out. Now, of course, I'm I'm better at it, but quite mm. often I won't tell her. Yeah. So, go, give me an example. Of what happens? Well, then, so my, let's say my wife does something that makes me feel uncomfortable, right? right? Uh, and then I, I don't tell her because I think if I do, then she thinks I won't love her. I don't love mm. her or she won't love me in the way that I need her to love. So, and I don't know how to communicate it because I don't know how to be vulnerable with her in that space. Yeah. So let me just push it down and just pretend everything's all right. Yeah. Yeah. And then down the line, I start feeling misunderstood, right? And I'm uptight and I can't be present. And then there's no milk in the fridge and I'm kicking off. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the that's the feather that broke the camel's back. Kind exactly. Of and she's yeah. my wife says, Why are you so why are you so angry? And I go, You know what, six weeks ago <laughs> And she says, Why didn't you like I was I didn't I didn't even care about why didn't you tell yeah. me? And I didn't tell her because I can't be authentic sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Because if I'm not in tune with my feelings, mm. knowing what I need as a result and then making sure that I can mm. communicate it, mm. then I'm not in my authenticity. Some mm. people get in their heads though, because I think I will try and jump a couple of the steps, right? So I'll go, uh, I'm feeling guilty. Why am I feeling guilty? And then I'll be like, oh, I had black alcohol last night, so I need to do some exercise. And I'm yeah. suppressed. And so I, I probably missed a step there. I've probably gone, I'm feeling guilty. Shame is in the body. Where is the shame? In my stomach. A little bit in my head as well. A bit of anxiety flying around. Mm -hmm. And then I probably go, I should probably go, why was the next step again? Well, that, so now you've got into your body, right? You're yeah. in you're in contact with yourself. You're doing yeah. this. This is inner work, right? So then you you start getting curious about it. Because it, by the way, what mm. I would normally do is just get I would just get my phone out. I'd be like, I'm really, really stressed out. I'll look at uh, invoices because mm -hmm. yeah. I know that invoices are coming in. That means like financial security. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or. I feel really stressed out. I'll message Sasha, my girlfriend, and just yeah. feel like. Well, that is that communication side yeah. of things. So yeah. I, I, I'm lying actually. I don't even do the first step. I right. don't actually even go mm. feeling shame, feeling guilt. Where is that in my body? I'm like, ooh, read it. Yeah, yeah. It's what actually what mm. most of us do, and I'm exactly the same yeah. by the way. Yeah, what most of us do is, oh fucking hell, get mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And then, and then somebody says, "How are you doing?" You go, oh, "I'm fucking busy." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're busy. You're not busy, right? You're not busy. You, you, you're, you're, emo not you're emotionally full and running away. Yeah. Another one is, oh, I'm so tired. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah. we don't want to do that. And then, look. By the way, it's much easier to be vulnerable mm. online or in this mm. kind of space yeah. than it is with somebody that I'm seeking attachment from. Mm. Because yeah. you guys know mm. me as Josh, the guy who does all this stuff. Yeah. So I'm in it. I'm in the mm. flow. Yeah. Yeah. My wife. All my kids, mm. yeah, or somebody close. I want them to love me, mm. right? And I've grown up 
being taught that my value to some degree is based on how I show up to the world rather than just loving myself for who I am. So, so I will always distort myself and I'll come away from my feelings. Yeah. So, so it, 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 and it comes back to that relationship stuff that we talked about, but what we need, we, so many of us, particularly men, by the way, and that kind of links into what we're talking about. We mm. live up in this rational part of our brain mm. and we never do the feelings work. Yeah. We, ne we never talk about how we feel. And mm. even now, as there's an uprise of talking about how we feel, if you listen to, to particularly men talk about the ways that they feel, they're not talking about the ways that they feel. They're rationalizing what's going on in their life. And yeah. there's a massive difference. So, so I'm getting the, the physicality bit massively from this, which because mm. I, I, I know what you mean. Oh, I felt really anxious because men are quite solutions orientated as well. You'd be like, oh, this happened. So then I felt really anxious thought about killing myself, didn't, moved on. And I think you missed the part of, like, it was it was gut-wrenchingly painful. Like, it was in my stomach every day. I'd wake up and there was pain in my head, pain in my stomach. You don't get that. And I think... But, see, what the one thing that I would, what I would pull apart, what you just said, is how did you start that sentence? You said something like men uh, are quite solutions-oriented. Solutions yeah. yeah. No, no, no. We are taught from a very, very young age... Yeah. that we're not supposed to be in our emotions. Mm. So 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 we create rational solution-based stuff yeah. as a way of avoiding all of that that yeah. you just talked about. Yeah. What I will say, just going to, because it is good, and I think it's very important, mm. what's the opposite of this? The opposite of this is to not do that and just get on in life, become rich or whatever. I think a lot of people fear getting involved in your emotions too much because then it slows them down and they can't be this high-operating... Yep you know, business, visionary, whatever the fuck they want to call mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. Can you be emotionally woke and aware and physically connected, mind, body and soul, and uh, a high operator? Yeah. What what has to happen? Because there's a there's a jump there because it's it is work. You know, having a lot of self -work. I think a lot of people will listen to this being like, wait, so every time I get triggered I've got to go, where, where, where am I feeling this? Yeah. Is that every time? Is it, you know, where how do we do you get good at it? Do you get faster at it and going, oh, is it my stomach? Right, cool. But, but, but. Yeah, I was thinking the same. Were you thinking the same thing? Exactly you, the same can, thing. I was like, fuck, how, how is that possible in a fast-paced life? Mm. Can you stay fit in a fast-paced life? Uh, you're looking at it. I'm yeah, wearing yeah. Light, Chris. light Chris, baby. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so when you tell me about, like, uh, if, if, I, if I don't want to do it, I might say to you, I haven't got time to get my bike out there. Only, and I haven't got time to go to the gym, right. yeah. Mm. And you go, no. If it really means something to you, you'll you'll, you'll make the time. And so we're not we're not talking about. Um, and remember the parts of ourselves that we have that show up, yeah. So when when you're busy and you're in your work day, yeah, you show up as that part of yourself, mm. right? You show up, you're in it, you do it. But then there's just space in the morning and evening to make sure that you're processing and you spend time noticing, and it does become a second nature mm. because most of the awareness work is just spending time noticing. Mm. Just spending time noticing how you're feeling. Mm. Yeah, yeah. How would you start? Create the space between the ways that you feel and the reactions that you're having. Give right? me an example of that. Yeah. So what I mean by that is I might start to notice, just notice, free from judgment. That's all I'm doing, right? So I'm not looking for solutions, just noticing, free from judgment. I notice how I really used my intellect then when I was interacting with that person. Why did I do that? Mm. I, I did that because... I thought that in and of myself, I wasn't quite good enough for them. Yeah, so yeah. I tried to be intellectual. Notice how I got really silly and jokey around that person. Why did I do that? 
because I thought that when I was around them that they would think that I'm a bit boring if I didn't be like that. Mm-hmm. And so then when you start to just notice things with that curiosity, yeah? yeah, always turning it in on yourself. If you're in a busy work meeting and somebody's really triggering the fuck out of you, yeah. right, and you're starting to get really angry about it, if you just create that space, mm-hmm. okay, I'm... I'm getting angry. I'm getting angry. And this is all just going on in your head, right? Yeah. Because you're still doing what you're doing. Yeah. Because that voice is going there anyway. I'm going to knock this prick out in a minute. Right? That's what you're saying. (laughs) If you can change that voice, come back from that a little bit, and go, I'm feeling tightness in my chest here, right? Yeah. Because um, if you think about about being triggered, Mm. right? A trigger, trigger of a gun. If you pull the trigger on a gun, it doesn't matter if there's no ammunition in there. Yeah. So the ammunition when you're triggered is all about what's going on in your mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. So if you said to me, you know, Josh, I think you're stupid or whatever, yeah, if that's, I could go, okay, I notice how that's, that's got a tightness in my chest when he said that. Yeah. Why is that? Where's okay. that come from? Yeah. Where's that come from? Yeah. Now what? Well, then I can start, that awareness will take, where does that yeah. come from? So, okay, I'm doing the bloaty thing already. I'm going, all right, I'm aware. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. But, and yeah. this is what you said, that, you know, in <laughs> last episode where we spoke to Pooch about how, the work was feeling the feeling and that was the most painful part of the work, right? Mm-hmm. The rest of it, the solutions bit, is the joyful part because you go, right, mm. done the feeling part and now I can start getting into the improvement bit. But I think the bit that we all f- fucking hate and actually feel really uncomfortable with is the feeling you get, the, the physical feeling that you have when you are aware. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you're, you're, you're detaching yourself, you're, yeah. you're detaching yourself from... The, process, the the emotion, anger, when you feel anger, you feel self-assured. You're like, mm. fuck this guy, I'm going to have a go. The minute you detach yourself from the anger, you're going, why are you being so... like? And you yeah. start to ask the questions. Yeah. And, you go, like... and I think that's the uncomfortable bit, is mm. the detachment. It's almost bringing like, this man in your head from being a subconscious to being conscious, and he's talking to you and saying, I'm aware that that guy's being a bit of a cunt, mm. and I'm going to think about this for a second whilst I'm still doing my things let myself feel the pain, the anger, the upset, and then we're going to talk about it kind of thing. It's a three-step process. Is that, that That's basically it. Look, I think that's the actual, like, that's the pinnacle stuff. But actually, what, more, what, what the way it normally pans out in human life, which I think is what, much more realistic, yeah. the, the, the situation you said when the bloke's being an absolute prick, yeah, yeah, yeah. is the actual work is when you come out going, notice how I shouted and left them blind at that man, mm. right? And you have self-compassion for yourself because it happened. Mm. And anger's, by the way, anger's not a bad emotion and it does motivate mm. us in that way. Mm. Yeah. So we we need to be motivated mm. by anger, right? But it's just that that curiosity and that non-judgmental processing of mm. what we're doing helps you to begin to learn things about yourself. Mm. This is what my girlfriend doesn't like. So sorry, doesn't like about the, the mental health conversation. Because right. Sasha's incredibly... Woke, she's going to laugh if she hears this because like, I'm using this word. Right? <laughs> but she's like, all these people that are going around not being able to like show their emotions and like, you know, I think for her, she she goes, if you are this person that's constantly in a neutralised state, who are you really? Well, because mm. that's bullshit because that doesn't happen. So, so what you've got, by the way, in the mental health space, let's call it mm. that, or the spiritual space now, is a heck of a lot of people that are bypassing. Right. Mm. So, so what they're doing is rather than noticing how they show up to the world, right, which is like noticing, oh, how I did that, notice mm. how I used my intellect, they're going, write a gratitude list every morning and meditate every single night, mm. and then nothing will affect mm. you. Mm. <laughs> and it don't happen like that. It doesn't. It, does, it doesn't happen like that because... Because we're human beings, and I don't know if we've talked about this already, but 
we're trying to create a shame that those people, right, are mm. terrified of shame in the same way that the rest of us are. So, the, so rather than experiencing what they're experiencing, they're bypassing it. Yeah. So they're pushing it down and mm. going, I'm just love, light and gratitude. Mm. Mm. Well, that's brilliant, but that's not the world that I live in, right? Mm. So it's about being able to show up to our full range of emotions, yeah. knowing that we're all human beings, that we are flawed, that we can make mistakes and that we can put them right. But you see now what's happening is... Uh, everybody's seeing that they're triggered by stuff and then no one's allowed to make a mistake. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, if you said that, boom, we're just going to shut you down. Yeah, of course. And, and here's the reality. If you're going to do that, then shut me down now because when I get on one, I say stuff and people say people say stuff to me all the time. You said this last week. And I go, well, I said that. Yeah. They go, yeah. And I go, don't can't remember with, that. Don't agree with that. I don't know why I said that. Right. Because mm. that's what we do as humans. Yeah. If, yeah. Especially if you're an emotional, I'm a highly emotional person. Yeah. Right. I'm highly emotional. So I get in my emotions. Mm. What I have is self-compassion for myself because yeah. when I do that crazy stuff or I do that stupid stuff, I'm able to go, oh yeah, I shouted, in that, shouted at that person yesterday. Mm. I know it's why I did that now. Yeah. What about sadness? <clears throat> People can get very indulgent, not indulgent, but they can get really into the, in the emotion of sadness mm -hmm. and find that they can't pull themselves out of a sad yeah. place. What's the, what about that? I don't think they're sad. I think they're stuck in the shame of the ways that they feel. Yeah. And if somebody just held them and allowed them to feel their sadness, I think it mm. would pass. What do you mean? What I mean by that is what we tend to do is try and buy short-term gain at the price of long-term pain. Yeah. So we feel sad and then we're just try always trying to feel good. Mm. we're just like I've got to feel better I've got to feel better yeah mm. let me go out let me mask it's like it. what we spoke about last week addiction the re relationships Relationship. getting over them yeah all of it yeah. addiction yeah. and relationships being the same thing mm. I feel crap let me go and find a way to stop myself feeling crap mm. not hang on a minute what's going on mm. remember authenticity understanding what I'm feeling sadness yeah. what do I need as a result I've got to move towards the resulting need Otherwise, there's a massive breakdown in communication here and I'm just stuck in my sadness. Now, I can be guilty of that, by the way. Yeah. Wow. I get trapped in my feelings, right? Which is why my wife's really, really good for me because my wife is much more on the other snap out of it end of the scale. Right. Mm. And I need somebody to pull me back up to the surface to mm. go, come on, you, you, you're, in your, you're in your feelings here. Unless the, life isn't like that. The world yeah. doesn't happen like that. Yeah. Mm. So it pulls me back out of it. So to bring it back to your question, I, I don't want to keep rambling, but uh, the people that often get stuck in their sadness is because they're not listening to it and they're not moving towards mm. that result in need. Pooch won't mind us talking about him because he was on here last time. Uh, I remember what, like, we spoke about it on the last session, but he texted me one time and he was like, I'm feeling so bad. I'm feeling. And he was doing, he was moving towards what he needed to in his life. He wasn't stagnating, right? Mm -hmm. But he was like, I'm feeling awful. And I just texted him, sat, <laughs> literally saying, well done, mate, you're doing the work. The work. Yeah, yeah. And he was fuming. Was it, yeah. He was fuming. This but, isn't work. This is pain. No, I hate yeah, this. But he was feeling his pain. He was yeah. talking about his pain. Mm. He was trying to understand his pain. He was trying to make mm. sense of it all. And he had people in his life that were helping him to comprehend it. Right. Yeah. Until you can comprehend who you are when you're in your sadness, you'll get stuck in your sadness. Yeah. Right. So that brings it back to the okay. question. You need people to help you to comprehend mm. what you're experiencing. Very quickly, let me say this as well. The problem in the world today is now what we're doing is we're going, oh, that, that's a mental health problem. There, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Right. There's go no, and, go and got, seek some advice. You've got no power over yeah. this. You're unlucky. Yeah. You know, you've got a bit of depression now. <laughs> Whereas actually, if we go, let's look at this sadness. Why is it showing up? Where are you feeling it? 
Where can we trace it back mm. to? Then you give people the grace and the power back to actually go, no, I'm going to move to re- towards the resulting need yeah, here. Yeah. Because and what does the resulting needs look like? Well, it may be that sadness, like, for example, if I take the sadness that I feel around my dad, so I, I always use an example. Sometimes I'll look at my son and, I, and, 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 I, and he'll catch me looking at him and he'll give me a little smile. And I think to myself, I wonder if my dad ever looked at me like that. Really? Yeah. 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 Now, I used to go, oh, you're 33, man, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, why are you still yeah. getting upset about your dad? Yeah. Now I go, and you can hear when I say it, I let that motion come. Mm, mm. God, it hurts, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It hurts me, right? Yeah. To really think about it. Like, mm. What did did he ever did he ever look at me in his last few days? Did he look at my Did he look at me and think I can't believe I'm doing this to him? Mm. And I use that and I feel that in my body. And then I go, you know what? I'm going to use the power in that emotion to make sure that I don't do that to my kids. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. And then so what? Incredible. But what in the old state? What I used to do? Fucking hell, you so you're such a loser. Yeah. I mean, why are you still, you're fit, you should be over this by now. So then next time when I see it again, I go, oh my God, it's still happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. wrong with me? Yeah, you yeah. beat yourself why am, up unnecessarily. Why am I like this? And then I go online and I go look at all the spiritual people and all the people in the mental health space. Yeah. And they're going, I felt sad and I meditated, went for a walk with no shoes and socks on and now I feel great. And I go, I did that yesterday and I'm still sad. <laughs> yeah. Right. I wrote a gratitude list and now I feel guilty at the fact I feel sad because I've got all these reasons I've written out for why I should feel grateful. It's just a domino effect and I feel crap. Yeah, Yeah. right? But the difference is, if I bring it back to what I said, I go, I feel sad. Why do I feel sad? Because I don't know if my dad ever looked at me like that. Okay, Mm. well, that makes sense. Mm. Okay. I'm never going to let my son feel like that. Yeah. And there's huge motivation in every single emotion. Mm. Not just that, jealousy, all of the things. We've talked about some of these things. Yeah. What, if you if you go, oh my God, I'm an idiot. I shouldn't feel jealous or pathetic. Yeah. Right? Then you just feel shame. You're going to get stuck in it. Mm. You go, why am I feeling jealous? Okay, I'm feeling jealous because this is somebody I really, really care about. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And I'm a bit worried that they might do, well, where's that coming from? Because oh, I remember that thing that happened 10 years ago. And then you go, okay. But it's not 10 years ago now. Yeah, it's moved on. And I've grown a lot and I've evolved as a person. And I'm not a young kid now reacting to this world. Mm. I've got a lot more intellect and Mm. a lot more about me. And you see, when you go, when you get curious about the emotion, we're supposed to feel them because they're always telling us Mm. stuff, you know? And I I, I think that's why I'm able to do well in some of the things that I do because I'm highly Mm. emotive in the way that I do them and I use Mm. that emotion. Mm. It's that emotion that drives me. We're saying the thing it's, I like about this is that it's you know, emotions aren't bad. That yeah, there's the, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with them. I love that. That's awesome. Like especially the last one you touched on. Like I could almost resonate with that a little bit on mm. myself. And I was like, shit, this is this is great coaching. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. It's awesome. And, you, um, and uh, what I like about this is that you this is the, these are tools that you're equipping people with. I, by the way, we've had feedback from people that have listened to this and been like, it's almost like coaching plus because they may have done a coaching course with you and they forget these things because yeah. as you said, in day-to-day life, yeah. when, we, when we press end record on this thing and we walk into a meet and we're triggered, the first thought, because we've been 28, 29, 30, whatever it is, years of, of, of ignoring and suppressing those feelings, it's unnatural to immediately go, why am I feeling like that? And also they're hard, isn't it? Mm. Like it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to sit with your stuff. Mm. And this is, the, but, but that's the thing, like, 
I talk about it and I, I take, like people come to me and go, oh, I really hope I can get to where you are. And I say, you don't want to get where I am, man. <laughs> yeah. Because because we're all just human beings. trying. Mm. We're all human beings trying to make our ways, trying to make sense of it, you yeah. know? And in a world that's got everything so wrong for such a long period of time now, in my opinion, even when you look at the language, you know, like when you let an emotion out, right? And often we let emotions out by like crying, for example. You, if you have a good cry, you feel better. After yeah, you do. You feel lighter. You Physically, you feel lighter. Release endorphins. Exactly. Mm. Less pressure, all mm. of that stuff. And listen to the language we use. We'll mm. often go, I held it together, I held it together, and then I fell apart. Mm-hmm. That's not what happens. This you, is You're falling apart, falling apart, falling apart, mm. and then you come back together when mm. you release the emotion. Mm. Mm. Generally speaking, with men and women, obviously, I, I would say women cry more than men. Generally mm-hmm. speaking, that might be down to a factor of reasons, hormones and being on your period or your time of the month, whatever. But me- why do men not cry as much? Like, why is that like a thing? Because I, I, I haven't cried for ages. I just thought about it. I was like, fuck, it's been a long time, like Love a while. Maybe. <laughs> how, how often when you were a kid and you cried, yeah. did somebody come and put their arm around you and say, come on, let it out? It's all right. No. It's okay to be sad. Mm. Here really, and there. Like, yeah. well done for being brave, for showing yeah, that yeah, emotion. Yeah. Or did you get, like most young boys get, yeah? yeah. Which is, come on, even even yeah. in a nice yeah, way. Yeah, this is it. Come on, you're all right. Don't worry, you'll be this fine. Come this. on, come on, come on, come yeah, on. You're yeah. fine. Come on, be brave. Yeah. yeah. And then it graduates to the toxic, toxic masculinity side of stop being a pussy, mate. Don't, don't, don't be, mm. blokes don't cry, you know, that kind of thing. Exactly. And yeah, it, it's yeah, it we're is. That. And then so your brain develops a way to shut it off. Are you, you ever had that thing when you're going to cry, you're going to cry, and then you lose it? Boom, it shuts off. Yeah, and it goes. Yeah, goes yeah. Well, because you've taught yourself to do it when you was a kid because you used to get shamed for it. Yeah, yeah and you feel it in your throat. Yeah. I have that feeling. Yeah. I've been Cot- at funerals. Cotton throat. Funerals, awful. I get it. Even at fucking funerals. Mm. I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to cry. No one, no one in this room has seen me cry before. Yeah. Uh, and I can I can even feel myself now getting like... Really? In my chest, yeah. 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 Rising up to my throat and then just swallowing it back down. Yeah. That's how it feels to me. Yeah. And what does society do when you come out of a funeral with dry eyes? Well done, mate. Yeah. You did well in there. You yeah, you did well in there. there. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Like, see, why is because, it different? Because someone's died. It's, like, but we, and because we teach emotional suppression. Why? Because we're all terrified of it. Mm. When an adult tells a child at my dad's funeral, I was told to be brave by all the adults. Mm. What did they mean? I was nine years old, my dad had died, mm. and I was at the funeral with my mum. Mm. adults told me be brave mm. what they meant was mm. I don't think I could deal with the emotion that mm. you need to show me mm. yeah. so I'm going to tell you to be brave you're going to keep it down yeah. and I won't have to deal with it mm. we tell kids to be brave because we're scared of their emotions mm. Yeah. Mm. we're scared of them crying to us <laughs> we're scared of how we might feel when they show their emotion mm. well, um, um, and that's fair enough because I think I would even do that if you started crying right now I'd be like mate no no you're fine <laughs> yeah yeah. And I, I, yeah so what do you do why would you do that well, I, I probably now because of all the conversations we've had I would probably give you a hug and then I'd give you a little kiss on the head and I'd take your man by now and I'd pat it <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, I'd do something helpful yeah but it's funny my, my girlfriend's housemate is, is a, quite a masculine girl and she doesn't like uh, speaking about her feelings so much and um it, she does acts of, acts of kindness sort of thing. I like give her a cup of tea if she's upset, but she won't do the sitting in the moment, you know, because that, and I and I, I don't struggle as much now because of all this work that we've done, but there are a lot of people, fair enough, that won't know what to do if their mate suddenly mm. comes to them and goes, yeah. feeling pretty down. And the, as we've always covered, and we've covered quite a few times, the first thing you do when your mate says, I'm feeling sad, is, you know, don't feel sad, and you give them all the things why they, mm. feel, why they should feel good. What should you do if someone comes to you? Self-regulate, listen to your body, and and and, and regulate that. So mm. we're, we're, we're me as the listener, or or you as the listener. So 
Josh is upset and he's coming to you. So Josh is upset, you come to me, what should I do? I, I self-regulate. Yeah, because I... we're social beings, right? So yeah. we're wired, you're wired to physically feel what I'm feeling yeah. so that you know how to interact with me. The problem arises in the fact that you're scared of how I make you feel because I'm sad and you're not very good at being with yourself in your sadness, right? Which is true for, for, for all of us, right? To some degree. So what you do is... Come on, mate, you're all right. You're all right because you're trying to bring the energy levels back up for you. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you're struggling with how you're feeling. Right. So you have to go, mate, I, Josh, I can, I, can, I can sense there's a real heaviness. And I go, yeah, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z, right? And I don't know what to do, right? And you don't have to give me an answer. Get comfortable with the silence that follows that. Because mm. you know, oh, my God, my body's going crazy. Let's feel it. You go, I hear you. I hear you. Do you want me to do you want to tell me some more about it? And I might go, it's just this and da-da-da. And you that regulation, listening is about regulating yourself. Right. Because you might want to go, have you tried meditation? Right? Because you think I just need to I need I need to get out of here. I don't yeah. like the way that I feel. And this is it. When you know, I always say when people are when I was told I was too sensitive when I was a boy. What people meant was they couldn't handle how they felt when they sensed my sensitivity. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so the reason we try and fix other people is because of the way that we feel mm. with their problem. It's, it's funny as well. If I, I have certain friends, if I've re really been upset about something or gutted or uh, remember, like mm. I will come to certain friends and I will think, and I would like to go to other friends, but I go, no, they might not handle it that well. And it would kind of be awkward, like yeah, weirdly yeah. in a way. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> And I'm like, I wish I could, but it's just, yeah, I'm going to choose Ollie instead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then also for me, because I, I, I have, I would probably weirdly come to Josh now because yeah. I don't know which one of my friends. I think it would just shock to my friends. They'd be like, you'll be yeah. all right. I, yeah, yeah. Well, no, you could come to me, but I've never really seen you that actually Upset. gutted. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, for me, really? I, struggle, I struggle to express myself, I think, to my mates right. uh, quite a lot. But... Mm. What I, what, I think the the issue I have is is making them. I know how it feels to 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 take on somebody else's emotions, and you know we, we've done lots of work like this. So mm, mm. I've had quite a few depressed friends. So I, I've spoken to you about how to deal with those, and you know how to sit with them. That I I don't know if my friends have that same uh, capability, cap yeah, or, or or mindset that they might fuck it up. So I'm like, I'd rather not, because that's the problem, and I think. I, I've also fucked up as well because I, and I've actually had to say to some of my friends, uh, well, you won't mind me saying, but Boyman recently, one of our close mates, he's now going to Ian more often because I haven't got the emotional capacity. And it's mm -hmm. not me saying I'm not a good friend to you. I don't want to be there for you. It's just that I've probably taken on too many of this. Good boundary. Situations. Incredible. It's good yeah, boundary. Yeah, yeah. You've set that's, the boundary. That's very good. And so, but yesterday we had, a, we had two beers together mm -hmm. and we just chatted out and it was great. But, and actually, we had a normal conversation. Normally, you know, Boyman would have pent up quite a lot of the things that he wanted to say because we haven't had a moment together and it would all have all come out. But he was joking about sending Ian a lengthy old voice, you know, 12 minutes or something, broke the record. Yeah. And, Ian's, and Ian has made himself available to hold space for Boyman, our friend, uh, and, and that's great. But yeah. I, I feel like I would have been doing him a disservice as a friend if I said to him, yeah, I'll, I'm, whenever you want, call me whenever you want, because it's yeah. not true. You would have been, been doing them a disservice. Yeah, yeah. Been, you, you would have been. So but that that's the luck, because I said that to, to I said that to too many people, like, call me whenever you want. And to be honest, not everyone does do that anymore. Mm. I think people have boundaries themselves. Mm. 
But because I have five employees, you know, a girlfriend, a sister, you know, people that I love and, and people that are around me the whole time, housemates that I live with, you can't be emotionally as as you as emotionally as you needed available yeah <laughs> as as you are promising that you are and then mm. there's a thing to be said about that because we've kind of like sort of tried to simplify what we're talking about mm. right to make to, to make people understand it but it's quite it's, it's quite a sacred space sacred yeah. is mm -hmm. the, the best word that i can think of right for me to get vulnerable with you and i mean really share that space and you hold space for me yeah right it's an emotional emotive draining space mm. Right, so you, you've got it's got to be done with the right people. Yeah. So you know, again, on this kind of mental health level stuff that we see, you know, everyone just needs to start talking. You won't see me. I know I do it on a public level, mm. right? Because it's that's slightly different. But I don't often talk about my feelings on a day-to-day -day basis mm. in any kind of space because it's quite a sacred thing. I make sure that them spaces are available in my life for when I need them and with people who I feel comfortable for. Again, you know, I don't like crying in front of people. No. I don't like the way it makes me feel, right? So yeah. it needs to be, feel like a really safe space with somebody that I really, really trust for me to properly cry and let it out. Yeah. Mm. So this can't be something that you do necessarily at the coffee table at work. Do you no, know what I mean? Mm, mm. This, it, it, people, this whole everyone should just start talking stuff Yeah. without, like, thinking, no, come on, we need safe spaces to be able to do this and, who's the one that's listening because that's the issue oh, just talk just talk just talk to who mm. what if I go and just talk to like a toxic masculine male yeah. and I go up to him with my little my poor little feelings and I go I'm sad and he goes fucking shut up you have a pint have a beer go well you won't talk to him and that's the thing we don't have a talking problem we yeah. have a listening problem yeah when you, you open up to the people that make you feel like you're going to be heard so so create better listeners help people to understand what that really means mm. and the talkers will follow. You mm. won't have a problem with talking. I would say that this, um, the whole thing with mental health and the fact that 75% more men commit suicide than women is a massive contributing factor. Like Based on this. Based on this. The fact that we do not talk enough, the fact that we're suppressed from a young age. Would you, would you say so? I mean, talking about it today, it kind of makes sense more. Yeah, well, this is what I'd say, in a, like, play out a very, very quick scenario. Right? Yeah. Sensitive man, a sensitive young boy, right? He grows up in an environment that tell him, tells him that his sensitivity is weak, so he starts creating a slightly different character, mm. right? He starts showing up as the tough guy. Yeah. The one who's angry and likes getting in confrontation, good man's man, which basically is what I did, yeah? I, I never wanted to work on a building site or in a factory. There's no, there's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just not who I am. But I thought that you're not a proper man unless you did. So I went down that route, got a job in a factory, good, strong man, no way you're out with me. You end up, these the men that do that, that are completely hiding themselves, create that character. They get married based on that character. They have a couple of kids. They reach their 30s, yeah? When they get to their 30s, they've now, like, in this marriage where they feel completely misunderstood by the, the marriage that they're in, and they don't know how to get out of it. If I come out to my wife, she's going to leave me and I'm going to be all on my own. And we call it, quote-unquote, a midlife crisis, but this is actually men who have got completely lost and don't know who they are. Yeah. And wow. we lose a lot of them men because they can't come out Yeah. and say, you know, I managed to do it and come out and show who I really was. When I was single, I'd had kids and the marriage had broken down, so it didn't, it didn't matter as much. But if no. I was trapped in a marriage with somebody that I really loved, I wouldn't know how to come out. Yeah, who, who you, you essentially, they bought you as the person you sold them. Well, so you're even more scared of them going, 
this isn't what I signed up. I didn't sign up to the emotional fucking namby pamby job. Well, exactly. So not only do I not know who I am, yeah. right? Not only do I feel completely numb and unconnected to anybody because my marriage is based on a character that I've created, so I still feel completely alone in it anyway, right? Not only that, but now if I come out and do that, I'm going to lose my wife and kids. And I don't know if I can do life like that. And I don't know if I can show up to the world and tell everybody that just because I've got loads of tattoos and I've had a few fights, that I just feel scared. And I don't know who I am and I don't, I don't feel loved and I feel lonely, right? And I, I've always the bloke on the building site who's like, yeah, yeah, fuck them all. We lose a lot of them, man. Of course we do. Because we teach them. And it comes right back to, loops back to what we were saying at the beginning of the conversation which is when we create a version of what a good man is, if you're a boy and you ain't a good man, right, what a quote-unquote good man is, you're going to struggle mm. because you're going to grow up in a society that tells you you need to become somebody else. And you can't keep that act up. No. So, so if we just teach kids how to be themselves without judgment, you know, to, to search within themselves and be who they really are, then you're much less likely to create these people that grow up completely lost. Wow. Josh Connolly, thank you. That was a that was a lovely little rant there. <laughs> and, you know, and and I and it's in we've sat in this these rooms so many times and had this conversation. I don't think the conversation needs to stop because it's look, we kicked off with masculinity because there's been a lot of conversation about masculinity and we've ended up with how to bring up a child, and really, you know. <laughs> but we, but it's an, and and it would seem odd. And when we do the introduction after this, I'm gonna to have to explain that because I think the entry point is how can I be a better bloke, mm. and 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 the leaving point is be more aware of yourself. Just be you, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And, and understand and, and know that it's not just what's going on in your head; it's what's going on in your body and. The minute you become psychosomatic, or, <laughs> uh, or you know, you are joined in as one and as a whole, uh, and you learn how to play with those tools, you will begin begin to be less confused, happier, and authentic. There you go. Um, thank you so much, Josh Connolly. Jack Simpson has left the building because he's late for an interview. Uh, good luck. Let's hope he gets the job that Let's he's going forward. Hope for. he does get the job. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much, my brother. Great to see you as always. Pleasure. Au revoir. Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Dog Days Pod. Leave us a comment, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next week.